Welcome to the Amy Egan Podcast, where each Saturday, Lindenwood University head women's basketball coach Amy Egan talks women's basketball and much, much more. We'll talk about past games, future games, players, the Ohio Valley Conference, the NCAA academics, careers, and many other interesting topics. My name is Gary Stocker. And this week, we look at the past week's games against the University of Dayton and the University of Cincinnati, and we'll talk about early season scheduling. The big picture of women's NCAA basketball, a lot of stories about that the past week, and how Coach Egan and her staff prepare their players for their post-college jobs and careers. And finally, we'll look ahead at the, on the road trip that Coach Egan and her team will take to the University of Northern Illinois later this week. Amy, welcome back to a cold Saturday morning here in St. Louis. You spent much of your past week in Ohio. Absolutely. It is a little chilly. I'll tell you what, I walked... Uh, the dogs this morning, and I was in full bundle. So it's getting to that point of the year. <laughs> well, I'm sure it gets cold in Ohio too. And yeah, <laughs> but I I keep looking at this at the at the early schedule, and you and I have talked about this before. And I I know you walked in to a previously performed schedule. It's been a tough opening month schedule that was already made when you got to Lindenwood. In future years, what how do you kind of look at that early season schedule as you grow the program at Lindenwood? Yeah, you know, it's it's tough. And, you know, part of being a successful uh, program and, and uh, having success is scheduling the right way. And so it's a really, really big part of uh, of what you're trying to do and what you're trying to achieve. So we know how important it is. And uh, for us, you know, looking at next year, we definitely don't want to play and look at teams where we can just play and get wins. You know, that's not what it's about for us. That's not who we want to be. You know, we want to be challenged. We want to play teams that are going to challenge us. Uh, and I think we've already worked to put together a schedule that is going to be challenging uh, and beneficial to us to help us take that next step in our program for next year. So um, it's definitely a very, very important part. Um, you know, we, we do play a couple of games that uh, we feel are, you know, against a Big 12 or Big 10 team. Again, I think those are always fun games um, to see again how far you are uh, from that point and what maybe that next step is for you in your program. And so uh, I think, again, our, our schedule for next year is challenging, uh, but it's going to benefit us. And I, I, I've been, I want to talk about the freshmen, and I've been impressed with the minutes that they have earned and you have given them in the past uh, first two weeks of the season. But do you think this, this really tough opening schedule has impacted their development as basketball players? Absolutely. Um, you know, I think the best experience for any kid is game experience. No doubt. No matter no matter what. Game experience is the best experience. And I think for us, you know, playing these two teams, um, I mean, we were forced to be physical. We were forced to play uh, tough. And I think that's something that we've kind of struggled with. Um, with this group at the beginning, them getting them to understand like how physical it is, how hard you got to play, the focus you got to play with, you know, all those things. And I think these two uh, and three games really starting out have really forced them to do that, uh, which is a really, really good thing to help their growth and to help our growth as a program. So um, I, I, I think we there's definitely some benefits of it. I mean, they were a lot bigger, faster, stronger than us. Uh, and so in some ways, uh, it maybe didn't benefit us. But overall, I think it was a good situation. And so you've got three games in now. Um, what has gone as you expected and what has gone as you really didn't expect? Um, you know, I think, you know, people ask me that a lot and, um, you know, it's hard to tell when you play, um, a Dayton team and a Cincy team really where you're at. And so I still feel like, 
Um, I'm kind of like, are we where we're ne- where we need to be? Do, how much further do we need to go? You know, what do we got to continue to get better at? I think the Tulsa game was a, a much better feel for us of uh, where we're at. And uh, in all honesty, I mean, after that game, I was like, okay, well, we're probably a little bit further ahead than I thought we should be or would be at this point. Um, but I think it's the Tulsa game also gave us a lot better feel for what we need to continue to get better at. So I'm excited. You know, we've really pushed them in areas that we feel like, hey, you know, whether it's transition D is probably one of the biggest things. Um, you know, we've got to get better at that, uh, being more physical, rebounding. Um, those three areas, I think, are the areas that we've really focused on, even yesterday in practice a lot, um, that we can help take our program to that next step. And so let's step back, excuse me, let's step back and take a a big picture look Mm -hmm. at women's NCAA basketball. And the Athletic had a big story this week about how far it's come, and it referenced the LSU and Iowa games and the upsets. I mean, in women's college basketball at the upper level of D1 have been stunning. Compare the overall skill level. You've been a a a women's basketball coach for a long time. Compare the skill level 10, 15 years ago across the board with what you see now. You know, it's it's amazing. Um, and, and I don't, you know, I'm, I'm assuming a lot of that is because kids are starting at an earlier age. You know, there's more resources for women uh, and kids these days, whether it's, you know, individual trainers, whether it's strength and conditioning and how important that's become in the process, whether it's nutrition, how important that's become. Um, you know, I, I mean, I reference back even to when I played and like strength and conditioning. Yeah, we lifted, but it wasn't a focus. Uh, nutrition wasn't a focus, sleep wasn't really a focus. Um, and, and so I feel like the resources that are available for kids and young women to grow their game are just unbelievable now compared to what they used to be. Um, I mean, you know, I look at Caitlin Clark and, um, and I watch her and I'm like, wow, like she is the best women's basketball player I've ever watched. And I really believe that. Um, and, and again, maybe that's because she was able to start earlier in her career and has better resources available to her at the college level. But I think it's so neat to see just how much the women's game has grown. Uh, the number of viewers that are watching women's basketball right now, um, I, I think it's really exciting. And, and a lot of it is because, you know, the, the skill level uh, and the growth of, the, of, of women's skill has really taken off. Yeah, uh, clearly. And I, w- I watched these, some of the Iowa-Kansas State game a couple nights ago. And as good as Caitlin Clark was, Kansas State clearly was the better team that night for a lot of reasons. And, and you, also, you always see that in the men's. You don't, you don't expect any men's teams to go 32-0. But you yeah. kind of expected a small handful of women's teams. I'm not sure that's going to happen. Yeah. I think the parity, you know, from top to bottom is, is becoming less. Um, you know, it used to always be UConn, Tennessee. Like, you used to see the same teams over and over. And I think now you're starting to see some different teams, you know, whether it's Iowa the last couple of years or, you know, I look at Virginia Tech. Wow, what a game, you know, they play. Like, it, it's it's neat to see that some of that, um, you know, is changing a little bit and that maybe, you know, possibly on any given night, anybody can upset anybody. Um, and, and, you know, it's interesting to see how much the transfer portal is going to play into that or is playing into that right now. Um, you know, even on the men's side, some some of the top teams like FAU last year, you know, they had four-year kids. Um, and so it's, it's interesting to see how everything is kind of uh, affecting everything and the game is growing and, you know, new teams are developing and, and surfacing. And that makes it fun. I really believe that. So let's take our listeners back through the games this past week and get your perspective on both. And 
and you were at the uh, University of Dayton, although I wanted mm-hmm. to call it Akron, <laughs> University of Dayton earlier this week. And, and the flow that your players seemed to show got better as the game went on. But I'm, I'm guessing there were still many butterflies. <laughs> and it yeah. appeared to me maybe there was less thinking and more use of the skills that I know this group has. Yeah. You know, I think in Dayton, we were really nervous. Um, and I, I think a lot of it had to do, if you looked at the other end of the floor, you saw the size uh, of Dayton versus us, uh, the athleticism of Dayton versus us. So I think we were a little uh, timid, a little scared, uh, where I thought in Cincinnati, we weren't. Uh, we just really went out and, and tried to take it at them and really uh, looked a lot more relaxed. So I'm hoping we continue with game experience, continue to settle in with some of that a little bit uh, with some of our nerves. Um, you know, I, I've told them a million times that, you know, it doesn't matter how big you are. It doesn't matter how fast you are. Um, you know, you can still go out and compete and, and win games. And um, I think for us, you know, sometimes I look out there and I'm like, oh my gosh, we have four freshmen on the floor at once. Um, you know, it's just so much growth we still have in, in our kids that we need to get out of them, uh, that we need to continue to develop them. But uh, I will always say, and I've said it, I think a million times, like the great thing about our freshmen and our group is that they want it. Like they're, you know, we came home, we got home Wednesday at like seven o'clock at night. And of course we had like a five day road trip, you know, uh, and Thursday we practiced Thursday morning and just did some film and just did some you know, half court stuff, pretty basic. And I think we had kids in the gym from uh, the time we got done with practice to um, three or four in the afternoon, just in the gym, getting shots up, doing, wanting to do skill work. And I think, you know, when you have that, you're going to see, um, you're going to see some stuff and some culture and some, and some development happen in your, in your program. And you've mentioned big bodies a couple of times, and I'm going to kind of look ahead to the OVC uh, conference schedule coming up. Do you anticipate seeing that frequency of big bodies in OVC teams? No, I, I, you know, I, I think we will probably be, uh, one of the longer teams from top to bottom in, uh, the OVC. I mean, we're pretty, you know, besides two of our guards, we're pretty long. We're five ten or, or taller, uh, with it. I think some of it, um, you know, when you look at the the last two games that we played, um, their bigs were big. You know, their bigs were six three, six four, uh, and that was probably the biggest difference. Where our bigs are six one, six two, you know, typeish. Um, and so I think that was probably the the biggest situation for us is that we had a couple of guards five four, five six. You know, that we the way we play right now this year, um, we were having that. You know, they were caught on six four at sometimes, and so. Um, you know, I, I told Jordan and, you know, my staff too, you know, there's a lot of adjustments down the road that, you know, we would have probably made uh, with Cincy and Dayton that we would have probably tried to change some of how we were guarding in that. But right now, I feel like, you know, we're still trying to learn our basic principles and who we are and how we want to be and how we want to play and, you know, our basic rules of how to defend screens and how to get through screens and that I just didn't feel comfortable changing a complete game plan and having them change their their mentality and their minds uh, with how we do things. So it's stuff down the road that when we get deeper in, in maybe in the season or even maybe next year, who knows, uh, with it, depending on how I feel that, you know, we would have probably made some adjustments with how we would have guarded and not had our, our smaller guards on, on bigger posts and those kind of things. So again, it's just a process. Um, and it's a process that, you know, as a staff, we evaluate on a day-to-day basis with what we feel is best for our program overall, as we're trying to lay the groundwork. And then Cincinnati was Wednesday morning, 
early Wednesday morning. I had the TV on at 10 o'clock Wednesday morning to watch the 11 o'clock start in Cincinnati. <laughs> and they're, they're a Big 12 team, new Big 12 team, looking for their first win. They had a new coach. What was your biggest takeaway from that game? Man, it was uh, it was a cool atmosphere. It was their kids' day, too. Um, you know, it's always uh, fun, I think, to put your kids in those situations. And, um, you know, I told them before the game, I said, you know, we're going to be challenged today and we're going to have an opportunity to show, um, you know, I think they had like 7,000 kids there, 7,000 young children, what, you know, how you handle yourself when it's good, how you handle yourself when it's hard, how you handle stuff if it doesn't go your way, how you handle stuff. Uh, on the bench, how you, how the teammates that you are. And I think that was the biggest thing and the, and the neatest thing for our kids to just remember that throughout the game. Um, and I thought we did a tremendous job at that. And, and we're just great role models for, for the youth in the stands. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but I think our, you know, our biggest takeaway uh, from that was, um, you know, we're, we're definitely not ready to, to compete with big 12 teams. Um, you know, we have a long ways to go before we're, we're ready for that, but I thought our kids fought and I thought, you know, at, at one point in the fourth quarter, we got it down to 10. Uh, and then I probably messed up as I told Jordan, I, I should have probably called a timeout when we were down to 10. Uh, and then, um, of course they came firing back at us, but, um, I thought we just continued to fight from, from tip to to the last horn uh, we just fought really hard and I love seeing that and as I watched the game again early in the morning the freshmen continued to look more comfortable and in particular Michaela mm-hmm. Cunningham I thought in the Cincinnati game and Ellie Brueggemann really the first three games of the year what do you expect to see from all the freshmen in the next month or so Absolutely. I think, um, I, I do think they're getting a lot more comfortable. You know, I, I think the hardest position to play in any program is a point guard position, you know, and, and Michaela, uh, being a freshman, you know, we're asking her to, to do a lot in that position when she comes in the game and, uh, she's just getting better and better with understanding what we want, um, you know, when to do things, how to do things. And it just takes time. That's, that's all there is to it. When you have freshmen, it just takes time. And, you know, I think we have a lot of freshmen that can play it at our level, um, but everyone gets it at a different time. You know, everyone grows at different times. Everyone develops at different times. Everyone's ready at different times. Um, and it doesn't mean that the kids that aren't that are freshmen now that aren't getting as many minutes aren't going to be unbelievable players in our program. Um, it just takes time. But, you know, I, I think for for our freshmen, the, the thing that I want to challenge them with that I want them to continue to do is just be consistent as they as much as they can. I think that's hard as a freshman. Um, but we just want as much consistency out of them every day uh, in practice and games as we can get out of them Um, because that helps us I think as coaches to know what we're going to get where we can continue to add things and take things out and so forth with it so uh, again, I think our freshmen, um, I think they're just going to continue to get better. You know, I don't think Gary, we haven't even done, we haven't even really been able to do a lot of skill work with them because we've been so busy just doing team stuff. And so I'm really excited when we get to postseason, we get to summer, we really can like add to their game, break down their game. Um, and we're really using this year to really evaluate all of them as individuals and what in the, in the postseason, the summer is going to look like for each of them as individuals. Cool. And the, uh, the ESPN, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to the audio from the game, but the, I thought the ESPN Plus announcers were particularly good for this game, in, mm-hmm. in, in large part because clearly you had talked with them and they shared your history throughout the telecast, but they also commented on many of the players. And my question is, does this kind of coverage help you build the LU brand, the Lindenwood University brand, 
in the coming months and years? Absolutely. hundred percent. I mean, um, you know, I, I think it was great that I got to spend some time with them, you know, the day before on a zoom. And I think it's, it's, um, I mean, I think that's the way to do it. You want to know, you should want to know as announcers about the players on the other team and try to get to as much insight. Cause I think the more insight you can share, um, the more it does grow a brand, you know, and I, I think I, I didn't have the chance to listen to it, but I heard that, um, you know, they said a lot of good things about our program. And, you know, I think when you play Cincy and, um, whether it's, you know, dating anyone, you know, you have the opportunity to showcase uh, some of your style of play and, and some of your expectations, even with how their kids, your kids work and handle themselves. And um, I'm just really proud of our kids for that. I think they represent us and our brand really, really well. Um, and uh, I think it gives players an idea if they see that and hear those things, if they could see themselves in our program. So definitely any of that exposure, I think, helps uh, Lindawood and helps our program. I'm going to move away from basketball games for a second. I want to talk about these players as individuals, as college students, and the two to four years, give or take, that these players will be with you, will fly by. How do you help prepare your players for the start of their post-college jobs and careers? What, what approach do you take in your program? Oh, well, I mean, for us, you know, it's about developing them on and off the floor uh, as young women, preparing them for, uh, as we say, the real world uh, for what's to come and, and um, making them successful human beings and, and moms and wives and, and so forth with it. Um, so when you talk about even the education side of things, I mean, you know, our expectations, probably our kids sometimes are probably feel like we're on them a lot. And it is it's because we are. Um, you know, we're challenging them not to just be great basketball players, but to be great human beings and to be great in the classroom. Um, and so we do so many things. I mean, you know, academics for us is really, really important. And we set so many standards with them academically, whether it's study tables, uh, whether it's extra study tables, if they're struggling, you know, we really approach it in our program that C's don't get degrees. Uh, and so if they have a C, you know, they've got to get extra tutoring. Uh, they've got to meet with their professors. They've got to work to be better with it. And so um, it, it, I think it's hard and it's difficult because I, we probably, you know, we get grade reports every week. And then immediately if they have C's, um, they're probably in our office and we're having some conversations with them and, and really just trying to push them. And I think it's you want young women to understand that they're capable of more than what they think and what they 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 believe they're capable of. Um, and so we really want to challenge them so they understand that, that they are capable of more. And so, you know, we do so many things, um, whether it's, you know, have you come in and talk with them some and help them uh, look at internships and look at uh, jobs and, and where they want to head after their degree. Um, a lot of them, we've challenged them, you know, you could take 12 hours each semester and, and get through, but some of them were make and take, you know, the maximum 17, 18, like you're going to major, you're going to double major, you're going to major minor. Uh, we don't want them to settle to be average. And so we challenge them in a lot of areas academically. And then as we wind this episode of the podcast down, I've, I've, Amy, I've heard you say many times that the Lindenwood University women's basketball team in February of 2024 will be a lot different from the one in November and December of 2023. How so? Wow, every area. <laughs> um, you know, just uh, us, I think, first and foremost, um, being able to spend more time together um, on and off the floor, just growing together on and off the floor uh, and growing closer. Um, you know, it, it, when you look at any of these kids, you know, I think as a staff, we're still trying to figure out how to coach them, right? What makes them tick? What makes them go? What doesn't? 
Um, and that all takes time. And they're doing the same thing. They're trying to figure out exactly like what we want out of them on a day-to-day basis. Um, and so when you, the more time you're able to spend with them, the more uh, opportunities you have around them, I think you're able to, to grow that relationship and to figure those things out. So when you look at that, I think when you talk about just understanding each other, that'll be a huge area that we grow in. Um, you know, we have kids at work, as I've said. Um, and I think when you look at whether it's, um, you know, putting the ball in the basket, um, because they're in the gym a lot or, um, being able to understand what we want defensively and offensively out of them. Um, I mean, I, I think those areas we will grow tremendously on the floor with them. Um, you know, we, we've, we've said even as a staff again, many times, like, we haven't even really worked on like late game stuff. We haven't had opportunities to do that. We haven't worked on this and we haven't worked on that. And we kind of take notes of it. Like eventually, hopefully we can get to some of this right now. I feel like we're picking and choosing a little bit, you know, for example, like the Tulsa game, I knew we were going to struggle and in defensive balance or, you know, changeover type stuff. I knew it because we just didn't have enough hours in the day and enough time to, to work on that as much as we wanted to work on that. Um, but it's something that we know as a staff, we have to get better at. And I think you will see significant improvements in, uh, when we get into February and March. And then final question for today's podcast is you're headed up to Macomb, Illinois later this yep. week. And Northern Illinois is coming. What do you expect to see from the University of Northern Illinois? Or is it Northern Illinois University uh, this week? Yeah. So, um, you know, Northern is uh, 0-3 as well. And, um, you know, they've had some tough, some tough injuries. Um, their best player, I would say, Coker, is, has been out all season. Um, their transfer from post player from Arizona State hasn't played yet. They just lost a starter in their first game to look like a bad knee injury. So they're down technically three starters right now and, and struggling. Um, but, um, I mean, they have a great, great culture there. I, their assistant coach was, um, their associate head coach was my assistant, uh, was my GA and then my assistant at Truman. So we're really close and family. And so I know him and I know their program really well and how they do things. And they just run a great, great culture program there with their kids that, um, you know, it, it, they're, they're coming together, um, and they're figuring things out. And so I think, you know, we talk about 0 and 3 and 0 and 3, it's going to be a battle. Um, and I think the team that can go out and execute the game plan, um, to the best is going to come away with their first win. Well, Amy, as always, thank you for your time. We've come to the end of this podcast episode with Lindenwood University head women's basketball coach, Amy Egan. I encourage each of you listening in to share the podcast link with friends, families, and neighbors. If you have questions or comments for Coach Egan for future podcasts, email them to gstalker at lindenwood.edu, and we'll talk next time.